It is time for our children's church to be released. Who is, who is doing children's church? Who is in charge of children's church this morning? Diana, Di, you just got back and you're in charge of children's church already? All right. Those of you who go into children's church, if you'll follow Miss Diana, she's going to go out the back door. Back door, back door, this way. There we go. All right. <laughs> Those of you who are staying, please turn to your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, one praise that I forgot as we were doing our praises this morning is Wednesday night, we start back our Wednesday night Bible study. And you're all invited. Amen. So if you don't know what you're missing, you don't know what you're missing. So come back as we continue to study our, our Life of Paul series. Uh, our children's ministry will start back up on Wednesday as well. It's not Awana. It is our Awana, our, our summer program. Uh, Awana will start in September. So be excited. Amen? Amen. And I heard word. I think I heard word that the choir is going to be starting here pretty soon. Is that right? Wednesday Wednesday night. Choir, calling all choir members. Have you already done this? Calling all choir members. This Wednesday night, at what time? When church is done. Know your place. Be here. Amen? Hebrews chapter 11. Last week, we learned a little history lesson concerning our freedom. We learned that for a long period of time that we and the British colonists, uh, we, we and the British and the colonists ha had a good relationship with each other. It, 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 was, it wasn't until the colonists... Uh, were pushed to the edge, and, and relations became overly strange because, to the point of, of retaliation because of new taxes. We saw a declaration of independence was signed, a battle cry was heard, and marching order, orders were received and carried out. We also learned that we as Christians can see our declaration of independence in what? What scripture? What is our Declaration of Independence? What scripture can we look at and see as our Declaration? John 3.16. Thank you. Thank you, Brandy. You were right again. In John 3.16. And then our battle cry is seen in Mark, uh, Matthew 14. Repent for the kingdom of God is hand. And our marching orders are seen in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when we're commissioned. We learn that if we call ourselves Christians, we are going to be a witness and we're asked what, and we were asked what kind of witness we were being. Today, I want us to know that freedom starts with faith. Our freedom is contingent on our faith. Church, what what does faith? What is it that faith, real faith, looks like? Because I, I'm going to tell you, the vast majority, the, the overwhelming majority, may, maybe all of Christians will tell you that they have faith. But what is it that real faith, real faith looks like? People tell you, yeah, I, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But you look at their lives and their, their lives do not reflect the, 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 the fact of what they're saying. It doesn't. What their lives look like doesn't even resemble a lot of times, that there's any faith whatsoever at all. 
So what is it that faith, real faith, looks like? Look at Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it our ancestors were approved. By this faith our ancestors were approved. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what, what is seen has been made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By this, he was approved by a righteous man. And because God approved his gift. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through this. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not experience death. And he was not to be found because God took him away. For prior to his transformation, he was approved, having pleased God. Now, without faith, church, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Listen to that again. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For, for one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we, we praise you. We thank you, God, that you, you do love us. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us of our sins right now, that we might be able to, to receive this message, not because it's coming from me, Lord, but because it's come from you. Help us to understand this morning that we do have freedom through our faith. And help us this morning to see what faith, real faith, looks like. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, amen. amen. Church, we, we just read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 6, and we saw a picture of faith. We did. But this is just the beginning of this faith chapter. This, this chapter, you, you can go to the very top of verse 11 and write it bold. Faith in action. This is a faith-based chapter in Hebrew. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Listen, listen to other unbelievable acts of faith in this chapter. Listen to this. In verse 7 it says, By faith Noah, after, after being warned about what, was, uh, what is not seen and, and reverence, he built the ark to deliver his family. Verse 8 says, by faith, by faith, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, be, uh, obeyed, and went to a place that he was going to receive an inheritance, he, he went out, not knowing where he was going. Steve, he didn't have a clue where he was going. God just said, let's go. And he said, okay, I'll go. Could you imagine that? Can you imagine being at your home, the Holy Spirit of God knocking on your heart and saying, it's time to go. Oh, Brother Kyle, that stuff like that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. It happened to me. I had that argument with God. He said, it's time for you to go. Listen, I've, I've taken you to Kentucky. You've seen the, the, the mission field. It's time to go. It's time for you to go. Well, Lord, I, I'll go, but I, I've got to sell my house first. Uh, okay, no, you're not selling your house. Yeah, God, I'll sell my house first, and then I'll go anywhere you want me to go. No, you're not going to sell your house. This is the actual argument, Tommy, that I had with God by faith Abraham left everything he knew and followed God listen but that's not all listen verse 11 says this by faith Sarah herself 
when she was barren, she could not have children, she was old in age, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age. By her faith, this happened. But that's not all. Listen, verse 17, it says, uh, Abraham again, by faith. Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Can you imagine? Steve, can you imagine if the Holy Spirit of God told you right now, listen, I want you to take Alec out out back later on today, and y'all are going to build an altar. And you're going to tell him to slip up on that altar. And he's not going to know at first, but then you're going to pull out a knife. And right before you get ready to plunge that knife into your son's chest, the Holy Spirit stops you. Could you, that stuff like that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. And Abraham had faith in God. What, what did he have faith in God? He had faith in God even if he went through the act and plunged that knife into his son's chest, that God would raise him from the dead. What, what kind of faith is this? It's extraordinary faith. But that's not all. Listen, verse 23 says, By faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months. For three months. Melissa, can you imagine y'all having that precious little baby boy? And you see all around that babies are being thrown into the Nile River. And the Spirit of God breathes in you and says, make a basket, Melissa. Put that little boy in a basket and push him down the stream. How many of us would have faith enough and trust enough in God to do such an act? That's extraordinary. Church, it's extraordinary faith. Look at verse 27. Verse 27 said, By faith, he, Moses left, uh, left Egypt behind, the people left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for, for he preserved, uh, uh, preserved as one who sees him is invisible. By faith, he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being a people of God and, and, and the, the, the one that God put over you said, listen, something bad's coming. Y'all have seen what's happened so far, but something even worse is coming. This is what you need to do. You need to go find a spotless lamb and you need to sprinkle blood of that lamb over the doorpost. I mean, it sounds like a magical concoction, doesn't it? But by faith, by faith, faith they did exactly what they were told to do and not only did it help them preserve their children their firstborn children's life but it was it's now celebrated even to the Jewish family today faith church unbelievable faith is seen in Hebrews chapter 11 but we have to ask a question Miss Taylor we got to ask a question and we have to have this question answered where in the world where in the world does such faith come from? Uh, listen, especially in the day that we live in. We, we live in a day where faith is so cheap. It really is. We, we give God our, our just, just the smallest portion we possibly can. Where does this enormous faith come from? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. <coughs> Church, I believe <coughs> that we can see in Scripture that every man from a young age has a yearning that comes into his life to find out who God really is. To, to find him and to put our faith in God. Now, to do this very thing, one must first believe that there is a God. Do you hear me? 
You can't put your faith in something that you don't believe in. So there first has to be a faith in God. One must step back and look at what they're seeing every day and know what they're seeing did not just come from nothing. You, you do realize that's being pushed down our children's throat in school, right? That, that everything, Jason, came from nothing. Just, just one day out of the ordinary, I mean, it's an ordinary day, just by chance, two particles bumped each other and everything came from that. Listen to me. It takes more faith to believe that garbage than it does to believe that God created everything. Two, two articles bumped together. Really? really? And, and they believe it. And they teach it today. Church Romans chapter 1 verse 20 that I, I love so much screams out to the world that God is alive and well. He has not abandoned us. We have to see that a holy and a righteous God is calling us out to find him every single day. And that yearning that starts in every man has to start first in our heart by admitting that there is a God. God, God made all of creation. He did not abandon us. He didn't. And it is so unbelievable how intricate this creation process is. Listen, all creation is perfectly and wonderfully made. Have y'all ever heard that before? All of creation is perfectly and wonderfully made. Why? Because it points to God. There's no place you can go that you can't see this perfectly and wonderfully made creation. It, it blows my mind. We, we, we went out in the boat this past week, took Amy's sister and uh, my brother-in-law and her, her nephew, and we were out there, and as we were driving out there, birds of all different kinds were everywhere. They, Miss Virginia, they weren't the same. It wasn't just, you know, something, some random bird with 72,000, you know, feathers. No, they were all different. Some big, some little. So, some had big necks and some had little necks. Some would soar in the air and some would dive down into the water to the depths to, to, to grab a fish. It, it was unbelievable. But the, these, these fish things, I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable. You cast your, your hook out into, an, into the ocean and you don't ever have a clue what you're going to catch. Sometimes, most of the time, you don't catch nothing. Really? But do y'all, I mean, this is how much God loves us and how perfectly and wonderfully made, you know, he's, he's made all these creations that scream out to him. I, I, I sat and thought this past week of the different types of fish we've caught in this ocean just here in Georgia. Do y'all know that there is a fish that you catch, and it's pretty easy to catch them. They're about this, this big. And when you pull them up out of the water, they inflate themselves with air from the lung, in their lungs with, with air. And you know what they do? They croak. I mean, like a big old frog. This, a fish, a fish does this. Y'all ever caught a croaker? I mean, it's, it's crazy. First time I caught one, I was scared. I mean, I, I'm definitely not going to eat this thing. Then later on, listen, we, we were fishing and, and we caught a ribbon fish. I mean, it was about this long. It looks like an eel, but it also looks like a ribbon. And we took a picture of it and put it on. We go, what is this thing? All the, all the answers, I mean, you, unbelievable. We're driving, see dolphins. 
you know, little, I mean, dolphins of all sizes, all shapes, all, I mean, all colors, spotted dolphins, big dolphins. They're, they're all over the place. Then we go out there and we catch black tip, tip sharks. Now, all those, other char- all those other fish, they didn't have teeth. Why is it that sharks have teeth? Because they eat other fish. I, I mean, why did God do that? Because things are perfectly and wonderfully made that, that, that point to his creation, to point to his existence. Listen to me. You, you cannot have faith, real faith, unless you have faith in God. You have to understand. Look at this creation around you. How in the world can you walk outside and see this perfect creation and not believe in God? I, 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 can, I can understand a person to an extent being an agnostic. An agnostic says, I believe there's a God, but I'm not sure who he is. I don't understand somebody who says, I'm an atheist. I don't believe there's a God. I mean, they, they, I can understand a blind person being an atheist, but a person with full vision being an atheist, it doesn't make sense to me, Butch. This creation is perfectly and wonderfully made, pointing us in the direction towards God, giving us a yearning to find out who He truly is, church. Now, as we search for God, we have this yearning. Now we're on this search for God who created all things. We see we will meet people and obstacles along the way. We'll face those who who have given their lives to to prove that God does not exist. We will face those who say that they have faith in God, but they do not know who this God is. Now, we will face a multitude of people who have placed their faith in something who claim to be God or someone who claim to be God, but there is absolutely no evidence that supports this claim that they were God at all. Every single one of those who have claimed to be God, guess what, church? They died. Terry, God doesn't die. God, God does not die. And not only did they die, they're still dead. They're still dead to this day. Still to this day, they're dead. The only thing that can be found in them is, is words that they might have said. Words that they might have proclaimed. Church, when real faith is formed, there's evidence. There's evidence of such faith. There's evidence of beauty that cannot be described, a peace that cannot be defined, and a love that cannot be measured. This is what God of all creation has placed in every man, and it can only be found in one. One. This beautiful faith can only be found in one. Church, Jesus is the only place where you're ever going to find the beauty of who God is, a peace that cannot be defined and a love that cannot be measured. Do do you hear that? Do you understand that this morning? Truly. You see, I believe that God places a yearning in every man's heart that can only be quenched when we stand face to face with Jesus, the true Son of God. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 1. He said this, Jesus said this, Your heart must not be troubled. Kenny, listen, he said, Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. 
Church, without Jesus, our hearts will always be troubled. Without Jesus, our hearts are always going to be anxious, always be muddled, always be troubled. Can I prove that to you this morning? Do you know what a, a troubled heart looks like? A heart full of fear. You look around our world today. You cannot turn the radio on, the TV. I don't care. Listen, I, I, I switch. I, I don't even have regular network TV. I, I switch to, you know, to the internet channel so I, I can get away from all that junk. It's on that too. Just fear, 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 fear. It's like the world wants us to be in constant fear. Why is that? So we can be controlled. Church faith is bigger than that. Faith is bigger than that. But there's something else to see. Church, think with me. Even now that, that we are Christians, we may have been saved for a few years or many years. Think. When are our hearts troubled? When is it, Miss Sue, that our hearts are troubled? When we do not have, when do we not have peace in our lives? When is it that, that we do not experience or cannot experience the fullness of God's love? When is it, Cynthia, that we just can't feel God's love in our lives? I'll tell you. When our faith is in ourselves, our faith is in our, our abilities, when our faith is not fully in Christ, church, we're in trouble. Let me ask a question. What is it that we can't rely on God for? What is it that we can't call out to our, our Jesus, our Messiah, the one who saved us, the one who snatched us from the pits of hell? What is it that we can't call out to him for that he won't supply? I can pick up my phone and I can make calls when I need stuff. But there's many times there's things I need. I can't, I mean, there's nobody I can call. Who do I call? I call Jesus. There's things that I go through. I, I, can, I can't call out to people, but I can call out to Jesus, right? What, what is it, church? What is it that Jesus can't provide for us? There's nothing. He provides everything. And that's where our faith needs to begin, that understanding that there's nothing that is impossible with him. There's nothing that's impossible. There's a lot of things, Tommy, that are impossible with me. They are. But there's nothing that's impossible with Jesus. Church, when you think about the faith lessons Jesus was teaching his inner circle and the four gospels, every time their faith wavered, every single time their faith wavered, they found themselves full of fear and in a terrible trouble. Every time. Now they saw everything that Jesus did stand, but when they got out there on the Sea of Galilee and that storm came in, what did they do? Oh my gosh. He, ah, oh my gosh. The, the, the storm, the, the, the waves. Oh my God. Look, look at that. It's so black out. We're, this, this is Terry. This boat's not going to make it. Look at the water. It's coming in on every side. Where's Jesus? He's downstairs sleeping. We're going to die. Jesus, wake up. We're going to die. What did he say? Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. You see, when they didn't have faith in the Creator, when they did not have faith in Jesus, guess what they became? Afraid. 
full of fear. Full of fear. You remember Peter. Peter, Peter, the big man, Peter. Peter was in the boat. They saw Jesus walking out on the water from a distance. They said, whoa, 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 hold on, what is that? What is that? And as Jesus came closer, he says, look, guys, it's me. I'm, I'm coming. And Peter said, hey, can I come out there on the water with you? Jesus said, sure, come on. He took a few steps, and he was right there. He was right there. Boy, I mean, Peter was looking, hey, boy, see, look at me. Y'all don't y'all wish y'all were like me. Took a few more steps. Oh, look at me. And guess what happened, Butch? He looked down. He looked at the water. I don't know what he saw, Desi. He might have seen a shark with some of those teeth. I don't know. But he saw something. And he took his eyes off, guess who? He took his eyes off Jesus. And when he took his eyes off Jesus, his heart became full of what? Fear. Hold on a second. And what happened to him? He started sinking. He started sinking. Church, when we take our eyes and our thoughts off of Jesus, our heart is inevitably going to become full of fear. What are we going to fear? Listen to me. Everything. Everything. Well, Brother Kyle, there's certain things I'm not going to fear. Yes, you will. I'm telling you. You're going to fear it. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of snakes, but I'm not afraid of spiders. Listen to me. Listen to me, church. You walk out to the chicken pen at night in between two bushes and you walk into a a spider web, you're not thinking of a little spider, you're thinking of a spider about like that. You hear me? Fear. Fear will encapsulate you. It It will cripple you. It will immobilize you. It will keep you at home. It will keep you from doing what God has called you to do and called you to be. Fear. I believe we sing a song here, don't we, Steve? It says, fear is a liar. Fear is a liar because it does not proclaim who Jesus is. What does our scripture this morning tell us about faith? Because we understand now what fear is, right, Ricky Tyre? Well, what does it tell us about faith? This unbelievable, extraordinary faith. Well, verse 1 tells us something that it doesn't tell. Verse 1, that that doesn't make sense. Well, just hold on a second. Verse 1 tells us something that it doesn't really say. It says it without even saying it. Look at verse 1. Verse 1 says this. It says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, for, for the proof of what is not seen. Listen to that again. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Brother Kyle, what in the world is it saying there? That's kind of confusing. It's a tongue twister. What does it tell us first? We are not born with the faith God desires us to possess. We're not born with it. We are born into this world in what? Sin. We're all born in the same. Boy, that beautiful baby. Oh, those babies are so beautiful. But they're sinners. Right? If they've not accepted Christ as their personal Savior, they, they still sin. As a matter of fact, even though you, you profess Christ as your personal Savior, you still sin. Right? But they don't have the faith that God wants them to possess yet. Our scripture says faith is the reality of what is hoped for. 
Church, this is that longing that I talked about. That yearning God places in our heart to search for him and to find him. Hey, do, do you not have to look any further? We don't have to look any further, Deborah, than this. Our VBS scripture this past year. We don't have to look any further than that. Well, what was it? Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek with me, seek me with what? All your heart. All your heart. Church, God places that yearning in, in your heart and my heart and desires you and me to fill that void. The sad truth is that the majority of people stop seeking God or fill that, that void that God has in your heart with something other than God. Can I tell you what happens? They become satisfied with things of this world. God places that void in our hearts. And it's a, it's a, a void that really, I mean, it, it's like it, it, it gets full, James, but there's a little tiny pinhole in the bottom of it. It constantly needs to be filled back up. We, we need the presence of God. And our faith gives us that presence that we, we need to fill the void with. Our, our faith does that. But too often we, we grow old, we get too smart. Well, we listen, I, I, was, I, was a, you know, I, I was a practicing Christian when I was young. Uh, and I went to Bible school and youth activities and stuff like that. But I, I'm educated now and, and, and I, I, I'm trying to make a career for myself. And I'm, I'm trying to provide for my family. And, and I, I, you know, I believe, but I don't believe that much anymore. When you don't fill that void that God placed in your heart with more faith, a greater faith, you're going to replace it with something. You're going to replace it with something. And if it's not of God, it's not of God. Church, when you, you think about the faith lessons Jesus was teaching his inner circle, we need to understand that they, they were constantly growing a progressive faith every single day. Now we see what verse 1 tells us. Verse 2 tells us that our faith does something else as well. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says this. For by it, by what? Faith. By, by faith, our ancestors were approved. Stamp of approval. Their faith, Brother Frank, approved them. So what this scripture is saying without saying it is without such faith, our, our fathers would not have been approved, right? So this faith approved them. What, what does it tell us about this? Our faith in God, our faith in the Son of Jesus proves to him, to us, and to some who in the world who might be seeing us, watching us, that God is who he has always said he is. Church, our faith, our faith, our faith, however weak or strong, our faith approves us as seen in Hebrews 11.2 says. What exactly does that mean? What exactly does that mean? <clears throat> when I started as a machine operator at Charlotte Pipe and Foundry back in, golly, 1998 or 1999. Might have been sooner than that. I'm not sure. I was hired as a machine 
operator. A multi-million dollar machine I was given permission to operate and run. Now, why do you think they hired me on as a machine operator? Well, you know, they just took applications and said, okay, this guy looks like, oh, well, you know, he, he's old enough. No, I had operated heavy equipment for the last 10, 15 years before I applied at Charlotte Pipe and Foundry. I had operated a two-lever backhoe and front-end loader. I had operated a four-lever backhoe and operator. I had operated every size ditch witch from a walk-behind to a 5010. I had used a plow, a trench. I had uh, everything. I had operated heavy machinery. They saw that. They hired me, Butch. But they didn't just say, look, hey, hey, you're hired. Here's your uniform. Here's the machine we want you to run. Go at it, buddy. What did they do? They, they trained me. They had a guy who actually ran this piece of equipment who stood right beside me and walked me through the process of how to run this machine, multi-million dollar machine, right? Church, our faith, it's growing. And we need to understand something. God's not going to leave us alone in the process. He's not. Jesus is with us every step of the way. When our faith falters, he's going to be right there beside us. Listen, when our faith is strong, he's going to be applauding us on. The Holy Spirit of God is going to let you know that you, what you're doing is the right thing. He's going to open doors that you can't open and you cannot close. That is what faith does. But when you have lack of faith or little faith or your heart's full of fear, you can't see what God wants you to do. You absolutely cannot. Do you notice that Jesus did not give his apostles hard tasks in the four gospels until their faith was tested? Y'all see that? Open up Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Follow the line of progression. Jesus didn't just throw them in the hotbed of the gospel ministry until their faith was tested. All through the gospels, all throughout the gospels, you will see a progression of assignments as their faith grew. Once their faith was made whole, church, listen to me. Once their faith was made whole, after the day of Pentecost, these men were bold as lions. They, they, were, they were more than conquerors. They, they, they would stand in the face of death and laugh, knowing that God held them in the palm of his hand until their task on earth was complete. Their faith was growing. But there comes a point in time where their faith was complete. And God says, okay, now, now I'm going to use you to do extraordinary things for me. Church, we see all throughout the chapter, this chapter, chapter 11, that God does what God does with those whose faith has been approved. Y'all saw it. Y'all saw what God did with Abraham, what he did with Moses, what he did with Sarah when their faith was approved. What we see is amazing feats being accomplished for the glory of God all because of this approved faith, this complete faith in God. Church, because of this approved faith, these men were willing to go anywhere. Anywhere. Where are we willing to go? Because of this faith, 
this faith in God. They, they were willing to go anywhere, do anything. That they would say, God, lead me to go and do anything you want me to do. This church, extraordinary things. Let me ask you something. Do you think God wants to do the very same thing with Christians today? I do too. As I watched the Southern Baptist Convention three weeks ago, there was a report read of, of the number of people who were surrendering to the gospel ministry. How many of y'all would you believe if I told you it was on the increase? It's not. It's on a decline. It's on a steep decline of people surrendering their lives to the gospel ministry. There was an unbelievable plea for, for people to pray, people to pray if God wanted to send them into the foreign mission field or to send them in, into the North American mission field or calling them to be preachers. Listen, we need preachers in the pulpit today more than ever before. We've got a bunch of jacklegs preaching a gospel that is not, does not line up with the Word of God, church. We do. Will you go anywhere that God desires for you to go? Will you be anything that God desires you to be? It takes faith. Church, what is it that causes us not to be used in such a way for the glory of God? What is it? What is it that causes us to not be used in the same way that we see these people being used in Hebrews chapter 11? Fear. Fear. I, 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 don't, I don't want to be away from my family. I, I don't either. I, I don't want to be away from my loved ones. I, I, I don't either. I, I don't want to be so far away from home. I, I don't either. I, I don't either. But listen to me. I want to be where God wants me to be and doing what God wants me to do. And that faith drove me and still drives me today. How is it? that we see such extraordinary faith and such extraordinary fear in the world we're living in today. How is it? Church, fear will cause us to do unbelievable things as well. We live today in a great day of fear. Church, in the last days, will you stand Will you stand up and by faith completely surrender to God? Will you push fear to the side because fear is a liar? And have faith in God. Will you ask him to give you the faith to go anywhere, to do anything for his glory? Church, it all starts. It all starts. Exhibiting great faith starts with knowing and accepting Jesus as your Savior. You know my Jesus? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, as we come to you at the end of this message, we again ask you to forgive us of our sins. Steal our hearts, Lord, and show us who we are really in you. Help us, Lord, to see our faith as you see our faith. Help us, Lord, not to live in fear, but to live in you. Help us to put our faith 
completely and totally in you. That we will be used by you, but Lord, be used extraordinarily by you. Help us to be your conquerors, Lord. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come this morning? Do you need to come and just spend some time at the altar pleading with God to give you the faith that you know you need to get through this world? Will you come?